Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Hey, it's great to be back with you folks. Here we are on Songs of the Night, Psalms, and here with me is my, my bud, my friend, uh, my knuckle-headed investigator, uh, Stephanie Wesco, and we're coming to you today. I'm actually in South Carolina. Stephanie's in Indiana, but the good news is the next time we record podcasts, we will be together in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, so Debbie and I are heading that way, Stephanie, her pizos. The Hicks family are heading that way, so we'll meet up somewhere there this weekend. But, Stephanie, what's going on? How are you? Well, Doug, I am hanging in there, staying very busy right now, packing, getting, um, I, you know, you have to pack for yourself, and then you have to pack for the eight kids, be they coming or be they staying. <laughs> so, yeah. that's been keeping me busy. Wow. Yeah, packing for eight kids. And so what's happening here is Stephanie's rolling with her two oldest boys who'll be trying to do classes or hanging around. I don't even know what they're going to do, to be honest with you. Uh, but I know they'll be there. And uh, then the other kids are staying with Grandma and Grandpa there in Indiana. So, But anyway, it's pretty cool to be doing this. We're on Psalm 76 where, uh, you know, the weather is going to be really nice. It's going to be somewhere between 64 and 78 all week and then when we leave on Thursday it's going to get real cold and drop down to around 50 degrees or 52 degrees uh, man you gotta love that Florida weather and we, we get to see our new displays this week but anyway as we crank along in these podcasts we're thrilled to hear from you folks and uh, once in a while we got a note we got a great note from the Norton knuckle-headed moment uh, creator uh, <laughs> last night and uh, the person who brought on all uh all knuckleheadedness and uh, helping us to help you uh, to know people who are knuckleheads and be able to step away from them to stand clear of knuckleheads. And so uh, that's pretty cool. So we're at that segment and I think it's my turn. I it think it, it's my turn. So it's my turn to point out uh, you might be a knucklehead if. So today's segment is you might be a knucklehead if you're a backstabber. If. Uh, uh, if you can't talk to somebody face-to-face, you make calls around them, you backstab people, you try to hurt them, that's not godliness, uh, Stephanie, you know? Yeah. That, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's not even a form of godliness in any society. That's good old-fashioned backstabbing, and that makes you a knucklehead. So if you're a backstabber, if you look up the term backstabber, if your picture's there, it's also <laughs> going to be where it says knucklehead. So don't be a backstabber. If you got a problem with somebody, tell them. Don't call everybody else. And I don't know, you got anything you want to add? I mean, there's not a lot we got to talk. Everybody's been stabbed in the back. And, you know, it, it, you almost got to be a coward to stab people in the back. I'm a front stabber. You know, if I'm going to, man, if I call you out, man, I'll call you out and name everything. I'll call you on the phone. You know what I'm saying? I won't talk to other people, but I'll tell you what you are. I mean, I'm that guy. 
But uh, <laughs> anyway, so so what do you got to say, Stephanie? Yeah, I agree with you. Don't be, and I think most of the time backstabbers are very two-faced. They talk very nice to you to your face, and then behind your back, they're saying things about you that are horrific. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this woman who's a backstabber. And uh, she's so good at speaking out of both sides of her mouth that she can play the trumpet and eat a bowl of soup at the same time. <laughs> so anyway, just don't be, <laughs> don't be a backstabber. And, and you know what? People who listen to this podcast, 99.9%, I'm sure, of the people who listen to us are of the highest quality people in the United States of America. I'm pretty because certain. Because they're listening. That. Yeah, because they show, you know, the discretion. They, they show, uh, I mean, these are people who are, you know, they're ahead of the average Joe or Jane right here. The, these are people who are out there ready to go. And so we're in Psalm 76. And I, I don't know uh, about how all you folks are feeling out there, but I am so thrilled we're going through the book of Psalms. Over and over again, I'm seeing pictures of things that I read through with my daily Bible reading and stuff. But I'm seeing these pictures that have really been helpful to me. And uh, so we know some things are going on here in Psalm 76. So we still know we're dealing with Asaph. And we got some Psalms of Asaph here. And uh, this particular Psalm has got it inspired Asaph here. It says, in Judah, God is God known. Now we remember that as the Assyrian army attacked Israel, that some of the Christian folks or some of the Jewish folks moved in to Judah. And so because of this unrest, because of these bad times, we know that this psalm had moved some godly people into Judah, and people in Judah got more godly. And we'll be talking about that in a minute, how sometimes when God shakes up things, boy, it makes us more godly. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. There break he the arrows of the bow and the shield and the sword in the battle, Selah. Thou art more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The stout-hearted are spoiled. They have slept their sleep, and none of the men of their might have found, might have found their hands. At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and the horse are cast into a dead sleep. Thou even thou art to be feared. Who may stand in my sight when once thou art angry? Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, Selah, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of the wrath shall thou restrain. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of the princes. He is terrible to the kings of the earth. Wow, coming right out of there, Stephanie, looking at Psalm 76, knowing that this Psalm was born out of war, born out of battle, born out of moving things around. I mean, what is coming to your mind with Psalm 76? Well, it makes me um, think of the verse, and I believe it's Proverbs that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And um, I think a wise person will look at a psalm like Psalm 76 and um, bow the knee. They'll, they'll take the admonition to vow and pay unto the Lord your God and to bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. Um, 
when you read through this psalm, you see the power of God. Asaph describes the power of God, the power he has to break the arrows of the bow, the shield, the sword, and the battle. Um, the power that he has to do whatever he wants to do. I think that one of the verses that stood out to me um, was verse 7. Thou even thou art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry. That incredible power that God has. Yeah. And that it should strike terror in the heart of any human being to anger God. Exactly. To do something that would cause him to be angry. Um, I think anyone who has any wisdom that comes from the fear of God will have an will have a holy terror of making God angry, of causing him to um look upon you with disfavor because you have sinned against him. Um, yeah, that it's just it's a very sobering psalm. Those first ten verses, nine verses are very, very powerful. But verse nine is beautiful when he says, When God arose to judgment, the purpose being the end of verse nine, to save all the meek of the earth. And the contrast between someone who is making God angry and a meek person, someone who is walking humbly before their God. Um, as Micah 5, 8 discusses of, you know, he has shown the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. I think if you sum all those things up, you have someone who is meek. And the contrast between God arising to save the meek of the earth versus God arising because he's angry with you, um, which side do you, of God do you want to be on? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, God wants us to know him as a, you know, those first three verses right away. We know that at this point in Judah's uh, reign, we, we, we know some things. We know that Judah has some good priests down there. We know that politically, uh, you know, there's some good things going on in Judah. And actually, as we study and we read, we got to remember that Israel is the place of the sanctuary, uh, you know, but there's true priests that are being ministered to and appointed to the temples down there. So as some places get bad, God makes other place, uh, other places better. And, uh, you know, he, he's chosen Judah to be the ruling, uh, the ruling tribe. We remember that we saw that in Isaiah, and we know that certainly these people knew that. But, you know, as you go through and you look at these things, in Judah, God is known. And I think we have a responsibility Um that in our town, in our church, in our place, and, you know, whatever God has given us to do, God needs to be known. And we yeah. need to be the ones that say, hey, man, we've got a good church here. We have a good place here. We're going to knock on doors. We're going to make a difference. We're going to share the gospel. And it's hard. You know, sometimes you wake up and you think, man, I live in the most desolate, non-Christian, dark place on God's green earth. And, and then you realize that every place can kind of be desolate, dark. It's, it's a perspective. It's a, uh, you know, it's calling down. It's trusting God. It's banging on those doors. It's doing what your church does when it goes down to the, the fairgrounds or whatever they do there on, on a weekly basis. I don't know if you've been able to do that since the uh, uh, since pandemic. COVID. Yeah, I am sick and tired of the pandemic. I just want to be up no front kidding. with it. I've had enough, you know, and... Uh, uh, his name is great in Israel, and then in Salem, also in his tabernacle, and in the dwelling place in Zion. So it's given us a lot of places that God's name is great, 
and uh, we know in Zion, uh, I'm marching to Zion. Man, I, I want to march to Zion. Uh, there, there break he the arrows of the bow, the shield and the sword, and the battle. There break he. And uh, boy, God has brought Israel through battles. God has brought Judah through battles. These battles with the Assyrian army. I mean, there are some tough things going on. And God always brings us through that. And there's tough things going on with people right now. You know, our peeps are in a weird place right now. And I was thinking something the other night. You know, we, we just got to be on the right side of God is what I'm seeing here in these first three verses. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. But, you know, if, if we're on the right side of God, God is with us. It, it, you know, if our peeps are on the wrong side of God, God isn't with them and, and with them and, and they shouldn't be our peeps. If our, you know, preachers on the wrong side of God and God's not with them, they shouldn't be our preacher. And, you know, I mean, we could keep on going with this, but the responsibility here is for us to be on the right side of the God, uh, right side of God and uh, uh, to make God known and make and then God wants us to trust him is what I'm getting in these next few verses, Stephanie. And look at this verse in four here. Thou art more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. I mean, does that talk to you? Wow. Well, I, it's the mountains. Of, I think the mountains of prey, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be the mountains of plunder, the mountains of um, sort of their, their show off of victory from a physical perspective, from a wealth perspective. And tell me if I'm wrong on that, because I don't have the commentary in front of me. But that's what I come away from when I look at the beginning of verse five, where it picks up with the stout hearted or spoiled. Um, that Asaph is saying nothing, nothing we can gain from a victory in battle compares to your glory and your excellence. Um, and I think that's very important. Yeah, I think from so. Where I, yeah. From where I sit in my in my christian life the day that we become proud because of victor spiritual victories that we have in life is the day that god stops working right right it's a, it's about having that right relationship and that's so good it's, god, it's about god receiving the glory um yeah. charles my my son we were we were driving home from um, a family had us over for dinner last night and we were driving home and charles was being goofy but anyway he said something along the lines about joking about um being humble and uh then he then he got quiet for a second he said the day that you believe that you're the humble person in the situation is the day that you need to work on your humility <laughs> yeah and i was like you're right on bud and it's true it's it's the day that we view um, the victories we're having as coming from us is the day that we have lost sight of the glory and the excellence of who God is. Yeah, and the stout hearted are spoiled. No, and that's a that's an excellent, that's where it is. You know, if you think you're humble, you're not. Uh, the stout hearted are spoiled. They have slept their sleep and none of the men of might have found their hands. At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and the horse are cast into the deep sleep. And you know, God can rebuke. God can change everything. It's about God. And, you know, calling him the glorious God. He is a glorious God. And, you know, we got to realize some things. You know, God is glory. God is joy. You know, we can sit around here all day and say, uh, are we waiting for God to give us joy or is God our joy? Is he that glorious one that the psalmist is talking about? 
And he needs to be that glorious one that the psalmist is talking about. He needs to be our joy. You know, we, we want to sit around. We're waiting for that next relationship. We're waiting for that next break. We're waiting for, you know what I'm saying, Stephanie. It's, it's all of us. And it's, you know, from the time you're a little kid and you grow up, you know, the next friendship, the spouse, the, you know, the kids. And there's always a goal waiting on that next thing. And I think with God, you know, God wants to be glorious to us. He wants, he's enough right now for all we need. And all this other stuff we get is on top of that, you know? And, and I think that's what's going on. I love that what you were talking about with Charles' point there about humility. Make God glorious in your life and those other things will come into place. Make him the glory of your life. Make him the joy of your life. Don't be waiting for him to give you joy. He's already given you everything you need for joy. He can save you. He can help you. The Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. Those days that are lousy days and bad days and uh, you know, the wife doesn't like you, the husband doesn't like you, the dog's even mean to you, the car isn't running right, no one came to church, people are afraid of the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, we could find a million things to say today was a pretty lousy day. But when, when God becomes our joy, we get through that. When God becomes our joy, uh, we make it. And then in seven, Stephanie, and I want to get your feedback here. Actually, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read seven to nine and get your feedback because I think those really go together well. Thou even thou art to be feared, and who may stand in my sight when once they are angry. Who's going to stand there? Who's going to be there? Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, Selah. Selah. So who can be still, comma, when God arose to judgment? And uh, uh, I really think I'm, you know, I'm looking at these verses, and God wants us to be afraid of them. He wants us not in the common sense of being struck down, shaken in your boots, uh, of no no earthly good, but to, to fear God, to have the right fear of God, to know that God can start our breathing, stop our breathing. God can change our relationships. God can change everything in a second. I mean, what, what did you get out of those three verses? Is that kind of where you're at? Yeah, well, a couple passages came to mind, one being fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Yeah, And a uh, true fear of God will be coupled with the keeping his commandments. And I'm not talking the legalistic, keep this list of rules or you're not saved, keep this list of rules or you're not godly. I'm talking where where that the fear of God is coupled with the love of God, which then leads to a life that is pleasing to him. And um, the other passage that comes to mind is from Philippians, um, where Paul talked about every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that idea um, I mentioned earlier of we're all going to stand before God someday. Are you going to stand before him as the angry judge who you have defied, who you have, um, you, you know, you've taken your fist and you've shaken it in his face by your actions, by your words, by, by your lifestyle, or are you going to stand before God one day as your heavenly father, yeah. as your savior? And um, it's a sobering thought. And yet, if you know the Lord Jesus as your savior and you're seeking to walk before him in a way that's pleasing to him, you can claim those promises of his word that you're the meek. You're part of that meek who God is going to save. He's yeah. going to rise in judgment to save you. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I think that's really good. And, I, and you know, those last 
three verses come together in this place where I think, you know, I love the way God's word always provides us with something to leave with, something to grow on, so to speak. It says, surely the wrath of man of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shall thou restrain. Now, I want you to know in, in, uh, in seminary, the second part of verse 10 is something we talked about in seminary. And, uh, you know, theologians have been trying to make sense of that second phrase in verse 10 since, uh, you know, the Bible, uh, biblical times. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shall thou restrain. So I believe the Lord is restraining the remainder of his wrath against us as a world. And, and let me tell you, I can say that more when I read 12 here and give this to Stephanie. I'll tell you what I mean. But vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of princes. He is terrible to the kings of earth. And, and I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking here is God wants us to obey him. But I think God also wants us to know that, that the remainder of God's wrath is, is being restrained right now. You know, he's restraining himself. And, you know, and something that got my attention about three weeks ago, Stephanie, I'm trying to fit it in here. I hope it's hermeneutically correct. But, you know, the more Egypt uh, went away from God and messed with God, the worse off things got for them. And, uh, you know, and so and, and we still see that God is restraining his wrath from this world, these people. We're pretty blessed. God wants us to obey him and know him and trust him. This goes back a couple Psalms ago when we were talking about that we just need to step out and trust him and obey him and things of that nature. But it's pretty clear that God's going to cut off the spirit of the princes. He's terrible to the kings. I mean, how's that playing together for you, Stephanie? Wow. Well, I think he definitely, um, I think there's a sense in which when we look overall at a lot of the kings of the earth, a lot of um, princes, if you want to, that's a Bible term, what we would say, you know, like our political leaders, whatever, nations of the world, there's a lack of a fear of God in many of those situations and most of those situations. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a comfort in knowing that God is still in control of those people and that he's going to take care of them. And it's our job to obey his word. Um, but that God is still in control, even of the princes, even of the Kings of the earth. And, um, remembering that, nothing happens without his allowance yeah. nothing happens without him saying okay um we see that in the book of job very yeah. clearly spelled out and um i think there's comfort that can be taken in that and i think our focus is to be what verse 11 talks about bow and take bow and pay unto the lord your god let all that be round about him bring presence unto him that ought to be feared and that sense, I think it's um, that word vow is a powerful word. Um, it makes me think of the book of Jonah, where Jonah in the belly of the whale said, I will pay that I have vowed. And, if, and I, if, I wonder if this verse at all came to Jonah's mind as he sat there dealing with God, having just let him be swallowed by a whale, by a big fish. And um, Jonah made, Jonah renewed his promise to keep his vows that he had paid to God. And that's where our focus is to be. 
do what God lays in your heart to do. Keep your promises to God to serve him and let God take care of the rest. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great the way that God just brings everything together and, mm. and, and makes it fit? And, and here we are at the end and, and uh, vow and pay unto God your God. Let all that be round about him present unto him that ought to be feared. And uh, he shall cut off the spirit of the princes. He is terrible. I know we just read that and we're reading it again. But remember, it's not about us judging the kings of this earth. Let, you know, we got to try to win them to the Lord. We don't want to be involved in things that are, uh, are wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and we have our own righteous indignation. But trust God. Every knee shall bow. Stephanie, 30 seconds. How would we round this bad boy up here? Well, I would enc it just encourages me as, um, as Christians that we would serve our Savior um, worthy, that we would be found faithful by him when he looks at us. Um, does he see us? doing what he's called us to do, performing our vows that we've made to him to serve him. And it, um, it, it makes me think of the song that took a lot of work, but uh, Serve Worthy Christian Soldier, that's now one of my favorites. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that was a, I think that was a song that I wrote like 44 verses on or something. It was something. a sermon. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a sermon, but Stephanie did her <laughs> great work and waved that magic wand. Listen, people, we love you folks out there. We're going to go ahead and give you the professional recording of this song. Hey, hang in there. There's a lot that we, uh, we were able to go through today, but it comes down to this. Trust God. It comes down to this, that sometimes when God moves us, sometimes when things get shook up, uh, you know, Judah became a better place. And uh, Israel's where the temple's at. But, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you what, Judah's well in there. It's well in the whole scheme of things. Things are going to make a difference. Trust God, friends. Be ready. Be there. Uh, be square. And uh, remember, what was that knuckleheaded thing? No backstabbing. If someone's around you and they're mm -hmm. backstabbing you and they're the type of people who uh, are so used to talking out of both sides of the mouth that they can play a wind instrument and eat at the same time, get away from them. Hey, we'll see you folks next time. We love you folks. Here's the song.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.